0: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I feel like who art ed. We'll try it. Who tried Who Mr. On. Wood? <laughs> art Ed me? Yes. Either way, it, it's yes. it works so many I know. That's off a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Marcel Duchamp. His piece, Fountain, from 1917, is largely considered to be one of the most influential works of the 20th century, although others consider it to be a waste better suited for the Louvre than the Louvre because fountain is actually just a toilet turned on its side. So what makes Duchamp and this particular piece so special? The major innovation of Fountain was creating this category of the ready-made. Marcel Duchamp essentially said that anything an artist takes and puts out into the gallery, signing their name, recontextualizing it, makes it into a work of art. It's an interesting question when you think about it. I mean, how much does an artist need to transform a material physically in order for it to become that artist's work? Marcel Duchamp's work forces the question of how little can the artist do and still call it their own. He went to a factory, bought a mass-produced object, turned it on its side, and signed it. Interestingly, he he didn't even sign his own name, and some people say he may not have produced the original fountain. And I don't mean he didn't go to the factory and work to, to construct it. We all know he didn't do that. Some people say he may have actually just claimed credit for someone else's work because the piece was submitted anonymously. There is some speculation that he may have had a friend of his submit it on his behalf. There was another artist from the time, Baroness Elsa von Freitag-Loringhoven. Uh, she was a surrealist and a friend of Duchamp's, And critically, she was known to use found objects to create sculptures and artworks well before Duchamp did. I think her earliest was documented a year before Duchamp was creating his assemblages using found objects. There are a number of people who say that Baroness Elsa was the true innovator and the visionary artist behind Fountain, although most historians and critics seem to believe that it was in fact the work of Duchamp. I think in some ways the true scandal of Fountain was not so much like the toilet put on public display, but the privilege put on public display. Marcel Duchamp was putting out what he considered to be the most offensive and vulgar work to draw attention and saying that it was valid simply because it was his. He was essentially trolling the art world and daring people to call him out on it. I think this is the kind of piece that really only could work from someone like Marcel Duchamp because of his immense status and privilege. Marcel Duchamp was born in France in 1887, and he came from an artistic family. His grandfather was an artist. his three siblings went on to become successful artists. but despite all of his connections in the art world, I mean, he sat on the board of the Society of Independent Artists. He created society Anonym. He advised people like Peggy Guggenheim, the directors of MoMA on their collections but he always liked to portray himself as a rebel and an outsider. He really built his name by courting controversy. I think the first big controversy he drummed up came from his work Nude Descending a Staircase 2. I think the thing I find really funny about this one is when we hear that the title of the piece is Nude Descending a Staircase 2 and that it was taken out of the gallery, and we think, oh, early 20th century, people are going to be offended by the nudity or something like that. But actually, it was the descending a staircase part that they had a problem with. This was an abstract piece, so there's really nothing graphic about it. It's just a bunch of like beige shapes all across the canvas. But it has this repeated sense of movement, this rhythm to it, that almost feels like frames of a stop motion layered on top of each other. And so the piece was a little bit cubist, a little bit futurist and the the actual quote-unquote controversy was that when it was exhibited, people really weren't sure which category it should go into. There's this story of the Paris curators, you know, questioning Duchamp's piece, and he took the piece off the wall and left in a huff, carried it with him out of the exhibition, and took it home in a cab, and stopped painting shortly after that. But the thing is, they weren't trying to censor his work, they just weren't sure if it belonged in the cubist section. Nonetheless, all of this worked to sort of build up the mythology and the stories around Marcel Duchamp. I mean, let's face it, people don't remember a bunch of dry facts. They remember a good story. Now, the story of Fountain from 1917 is that it was submitted to an unjuried show from the Society of Independent Artists in New York. When we say unjuried, it means there are essentially supposed to be no gatekeepers. Nobody's looking at the artwork submitted and saying, yes, this can go on display, and no, this one can't. The idea was anyone who fills out the application, submits probably a nominal fee, can have their work put up in the show. Duchamp is said to have been testing the limits of what was allowed to be shown in an unjuried show. He wanted to see if they would actually put up anything that people submitted if the artist paid their fee. Of course, you have to remember, Duchamp was sitting on the board of Society of Independent Artists, so he couldn't put his name on there. Because obviously, if somebody from the board that is overseeing the entire organization puts a work out there, they are going to find a space to to display it. So he, he signed it with a different name. The R. Mutt um, is said to have been possibly a reference to Mutt and Jeff comics because Marcel Duchamp got his start actually uh, supporting himself by selling cartoons that he made. He was a comic lover and Mutt and Jeff were popular at that time. Of course, there are other theories that the Mutt may have been a reference to the Mott plumbing company that had produced the, the fixture. Now, many stories say that the society rejected the piece, but actually, they did put it in the gallery. They just put it behind a wall where nobody really saw it. People thought it was kind of a joke, it wasn't a true work of art. Some people thought it might be too vulgar or scandalous for women to see a toilet in the gallery, but they did put it up on display, and it didn't create that much of a stir or a sensation, because as I said, it wasn't very prominently displayed. The original is said to have been destroyed, but of course, Marcel Duchamp brought along his friend, the famed photographer Alfred Stieglitz, to document that piece. That's the only photo we have of the original piece. But then, as the stories of the piece being censored, pulled from display, smashed with a sledgehammer, all of that sort of stuff, it starts to generate this buzz. And Marcel Duchamp recognized a good opportunity, so he had 17 replicas made to display in museums. There's something I absolutely love about the fact that the big innovation here was the idea of the ready-made, that an artist could take something mass-produced and alter it slightly, show it in a new context to transform its meaning and turn it into a work of art, and yet... For museum purposes, Duchamp needs a limited edition of 17 handmade replicas to his exact specifications. Now, like it or not, Marcel Duchamp's Fountain was tremendously influential on the next generation of artists. He centered the idea and the creativity in the artistic mindset as the definitive aspect of art rather than the craftsmanship and the construction of the actual piece. Duchamp said that any object could become a work of art simply because an artist says it is. Because the idea is to question at what point materials become a work of art. We don't feel like artists need to make their own paints or canvas. They don't need to dig their own clay from the ground. But where do we draw the line as far as what is acceptable to simply buy and what must an artist make? How much must the artist be physically engaged in the process of creating? Duchamp was grappling with these questions a hundred years ago, and I feel like they're becoming newly relevant as AI has come onto the scene. If I take a string of words and put them into a computer, and then AI generates an image, is the computer simply a tool that I, as the artist, am using to execute my vision based on my words? Or is the AI becoming an artist itself? it really becomes difficult to separate art from the process of creation. Perhaps that's why so many 20th century artists saw Marcel Duchamp's Fountain and thought, while the artistic process can involve all sorts of tools, the idea is the art.